Initiate breakdown in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. What is up, people? Hans here. This is my first podcast. I actually made one before, but the the mic just it didn't work out. Um, I got a pretty decent mic here, so that should come out well in terms of audio. So this is going to be a metalcore podcast series. Um, I'm going to dive into a bunch of different things, but today it's just how I got into metal, me personally. So just a quick debrief about me from Toronto. I'm 21, and yes, as suggested, I am a metalhead. Quick disclaimers, though, before you judge me, if you are not a metalhead. I don't cut myself, I don't wear black eyeliner, and I refuse to grow my hair out. You know, with that swoosh that covers one eye and the the Justin Bieber, like, the over-exaggerated Justin Bieber thing where they, like, quickly, like, jolt their head to get their hair to flip. Yeah, I, I don't. No, I do not do that. I do a lot of cringe things, but I think that is like paramount amongst anything I've ever done. I, that'll never, you'll never see me with that hair. I'm just like a normal looking guy, normal haircut. I don't do any of that stuff. That's just, no. So I do shop at Hot Topic though, and I get made fun of constantly for doing that. Um, I just need to get my band merch. You know, Chelsea Grin, Attila, Memphis May Fire, I Prevail, Beartooth. I don't want to do online shopping. I'd, I'd rather just see a bunch of shirts, all of them I like. I just pick them up, and I'm good, and I'm out. I don't want to do the whole online thing. Anyways, I am also the whitest brown guy you ever meet, or you will ever meet, rather. Um, yes, I am a brown guy. Maybe my voice was deceiving, and you thought I was a white guy. Not that it matters. It's just funny when people hear me on the phone or whatever. They're like, oh, shit, you're brown. But obviously, I played hockey. When I was younger, I currently play golf. So those are just a few examples, to say the least. So obviously this is a music podcast. The, the issue I have right now is when I talk about songs, or when I will be talking about songs, I want to be able to put examples of what I'm talking about in the podcast so you can be like, oh, this is the part he's talking about, that makes sense, or yes, I agree or disagree with what he says. Unfortunately, I can't do that right now. It's just the whole copyright thing. I just read some pretty scary stories about that. I don't want to get into legal issues with that. So that's not going to happen for the time being. So lastly, why am I making this podcast? This is something I've wanted to do for a while. I think a year now. I just, I've heard other metal podcasts before and they're, they're not a lot, to be honest. They're from what I've researched, there's not too many that are current and constantly make it, but there's none that specifically focus on metalcore. Uh, there's some metal podcasts that maybe focus on like older metal or thrash or, or a bit of everything, and I just want to focus on metalcore. That's the genre or the subgenre I like the most, and that's the one I want to devote all my attention to. Yes, obviously, we'll talk about other ones too, but... Metalcore is primarily what it's going to be centered around. Um, also, there's some podcasts that are just way too long. I don't want my podcasts to be too long. This will probably be half an hour or something. 
But anything longer than an hour is just way too much. Uh, there are some podcasts out there that are like four hours. I personally can't sit down for four hours or do whatever and actually like be engaged in it. So I just want to stay away from that. So how did I get into metalcore? So it started in grade eight. Um, a rock band, a rock band, a video game called the Rock Band came out. I'm sure you've heard of it. Rock Band Guitar Hero. Same thing. I picked up the drums relatively quick. I was able to play songs on Expert, Hard or Expert, within you know two to three months, which is which is not bad. I was like, okay, I want to start playing drums. If I can pick this up somewhat quickly, let me let me just try real drums. So I took drum lessons. The first song I ever learned was a song called Brain Stew by Green Day. The song was incredibly easy. Anyone can play that song. Literally, if you're listening to this podcast, you can play this song. I guarantee you. But for me, I thought it was so special. I thought it was so cool. You know, I brought drumsticks to school so that everyone would know that I was like, yeah, he plays drums. I, it was stupid. I was terrible, by the way. But I just, it was one of those things that I thought I was so cool. My dad obviously picked up that I was learning drums. He could hear me playing in the basement, all that stuff. So he showed me bands like ACDC, Kiss, Guns N' Roses, Van Halen, Aerosmith. Totally sick bands. I started listening to those, those bands and, you know, started to listen to their music. Started learning ACDC songs, which is, even t- till today, if you're learning drums, I don't, can't say about guitar because I'm not a guitarist, but... For drums, ACDC is a great starting band to start learning songs. A lot of the beats are kind of similar to each other, and the songs itself are great, so it just makes it fun learning. So this is when I got more into the heavy metal scene. So I went to summer school the following summer, so the grade 8 summer, and I met this guy named Kevin. So Kevin was this, this guy we had mutual friends with, Um, found out that he played guitar so he was cool we started hanging out and me and my other friends from elementary we all just chill you know eat lunch together stuff like that he would constantly play this one band at lunch like every single time we would sit in we'd have lunch outside like we were trying to be like the the scene kids like the emo kids like we're literally outside in the corner and everyone else was like integrating with each other and we're like yeah we're cooler than them We're we're listening to music and eating our lunch we were absolute losers, by the way, but it's fine. It's cool. It's <laughs> no one knows except for us. So he kept playing this heavy metal band, and the band is called Avenged Sevenfold. So arguably, this is the biggest metal band right now. In the current era, today, Avenged Sevenfold is the biggest band, in my opinion. Uh, they're a heavy metal band from Cali, California. So I started to listen to their stuff. At the time, I was playing a game called Need for Speed, Need for Speed Most Wanted, which came out in like 2005 or something. So I would, they're EA tracks, that's what it's called. So they play music over, you know, the driving and all that stuff, like any video game. They played some pretty intense stuff, though. They played like Disturbed, Bullet from My Valentine, and also Avenged Sevenfold, the song Blinded in Chains specifically. And I really liked that song. So I was like, okay, let me figure out this whole Avenged Sevenfold thing. I don't really know what they're about, but I I like it. It seems okay. So I found myself on YouTube, because Spotify obviously wasn't out back then. I found a song called Almost Easy. 
So this song is ridiculously sick. And previously when I mentioned I wish I could give examples, this is the time I mean. Almost, ex- Almost Easy was a dope song. It was written by the drummer Jimmy Sullivan, also known as The Rev. Unfortunately, he died. I don't know the day or the year he died. I think it was like 10 years ago or something. It's, it's really sad, though. But anyways, it, the drumming was really unique in it. And obviously, I played drums. So there was almost like a Latin drum beat in the verse. He had some cool double ride fills. The background vocals, literally every member of the band was singing in the chorus together, like as the background. It was a dope song, and that's kind of the song that got stuck in my head and the one that propelled me to more Avenged Sevenfold songs. As meaningful as that song is to me, I have absolutely zero idea what it means. Like, actually zero idea. I have guesses as to what Almost Easy means, but I today I still have no idea, and I feel like such a poser, but <laughs> it's the truth. I don't have any idea. So, fast track after that. I played hockey, as I mentioned before. Uh, I had a friend named Benny on the team. Benny also listened to Avenged Sevenfold. He played guitar, too. And if I didn't mention before, Kevin played guitar as well, and we jammed some Avenged Sevenfold stuff at the time. So Benny was like, dude, let's jam. I was like, let's, let's do it, right? We played some Avenged Sevenfold songs, super dope, uh, had a great time. So Benny was packing his stuff up to leave, and he was playing a song on his phone. Like, we were just casually listening to music, right? There was a song he was playing, or this band, and there was something about this band that I, it was just getting stuck in my head. He played, the chorus went one time, and it stuck with me, and then obviously the song kept continuing. I was like, dude, what's that band name? Like, who is that? That's, that's pretty sick. He's like, dude, that's Pierce the Veil. I'm like, oh, okay. And... Pierce the Veil is a post-hardcore pop-punk band from uh, San Diego. The song he was playing was called King for a Day, which is the fourth song off Clyde with the Sky. So the hook really, something about it, just the hook was, ah, I was really into it. Turns out that Kellen Quinn, which is the front man for a band called Sleeping with Sirens, so Sleeping with Sirens and Pierce the Veil, they're, they're really close with each other, so that makes sense why that was a thing. Callan Quinn was singing with Vic Fuentes, the lead singer of, of Pierce the Veil. So they, they collaborated together vocally on that, uh, which was really sick. I loved that song, by the way. And even now, like, it's, one on, it's on my um, Can't Stop Listening To playlist on Spotify. I love it. So what I like about that song specifically, and that's what com- kind of got me into Pierce, was a bit of the screaming, too. Like, despite how great the hooks were, the screaming was great. Uh, Vic doesn't scream that often, though, to be honest. He'll scream in certain parts of the song, but when he does, it's, it's very... I don't know what the word is. I really don't know what the word is. Uh, engaging, I guess. That's, I can't think of a better term. It's very engaging. Um, Mike Fuentes, Vic's brother, who plays drums, he played a really sick drum beat in the chorus of King for a Day. And if you listen to that song, in the chorus, he plays a really unique pattern on the ride cymbal with the bell. He toys with the bell a bit. And to me, that was pretty cool. So I said, okay, let me, if this is the, the one song that I've only heard and I've already, these are so many things why I like it, let me dig into other songs. And, you know, obviously I did. So then I came back to King for a Day. 
watched the music video because I downloaded it illegally before. I watched the music video and I was literally so so disappointed with how it the music video was. It's there were they were working at a bank or something. Vic and and Kellen and there was some boss who was just a total dick. Vic and Kellen get mad and then they decide to rob the bank and then they just dip and they just leave and that was the end of the video and ah, I was kind of disappointed. I was. Like, this is such a great song, and this is what you have to show for for the music video. I'm sure someone can give a logical, rational explanation of what the music video means, and it'll make total sense. But I'm extremely arrogant and ignorant, and I'll only <laughs> believe what I think until someone proves me otherwise. So no one has proved me otherwise since, so I will still believe that it was a stupid music video. So... I mentioned that I wanted to listen to some other Pierce the Veil songs. Hell Above is a really special song to me, and it's the second song off Collide with the Sky, which is the same record. The first song on on Collide with the Sky is actually like an intro song that kind of ties in with Hell Above, the second song. In the music video, they're both put together as one song. And Hell Above is a really sick song. It's actually what got me into... It teased me as to what a breakdown was. In the, in the bridge of the song, once again, wish I could give you an example, but I can't. In the bridge of the song, they play a really sick breakdown. Vic does some kind of soft harmonic vocals over it. So it's like super heavy, the breakdown, and then Vic is like singing all like nice and gracefully. It's, it's sick. It's so dope. But I was like, hey, this is awesome. Like I need to figure out what this is. Right? The music video basically was a live performance, by the way. It wasn't that bank stuff that had no meaning. It was a live performance. There was confetti in the air. Everyone was going nuts. It was sick. I had no problems with it. So back to the Hell Above breakdown, I loved it. I sincerely loved it. And I wanted to find out what, what it was. I didn't know it was called a breakdown at the time, by the way. I had no explanation for what it was. So I was searching for metal like on YouTube, like current metal bands, all that stuff. I got, you know, Icy Stars, Murder Mitten, which is, you know, they're, they're dope. They're electronic core band from Michigan. Ended up finding the song Murder Mitten, which is, that, that's an intro. If you heard the intro to Murder Mitten by Icy Stars, it's uh, unlike anything you've heard compared to conventional metal. It's, a, it's the same concept as Take One Last Breath by Ben All Ships. It's the same like electronic implementation, but they use breakdowns on top of it. Really, it's sick. It's, I have no other word to explain it. it. I listened to it such a long time ago, and even today when I put it on, still every time it gets me. I came across some Attila, Shots for the Boys. Attila's sick, and a lot of people hate Attila. I can't compare Attila to like a modern day band or I just can't they're they're like the in your face attitude type guys Franz their front man is like f this f you I'm doing whatever I want and it's cool and he's his twitter name is metalcore millionaire for a reason right he's loaded and he has different types of businesses he's very successful and I think you know the reason he is is because he just him and his band just do whatever they want and they don't you know confide to what you know, it's societally appropriate. They just do what they want to do. Shots for the Boys, it's a really old song, but 
it still represents the same attitude, which I think is, which I think is sick. That to me, and Attila has always been that way from day one. You know, from rage back in the good old days to public apology to you know shots for the boys, which is back in the day to unforgivable. It just goes back. Like it doesn't matter what part of time you pick. It's always the same mentality. They evolved, but it's the same mentality going through, right? So. I wanted to figure out what a breakdown was. Still at this time, even after shots for the boys from Attila, I still didn't know what a breakdown was. I knew what it sounded like, but I didn't know how to describe it. So I have a definition here, which is in one sentence, and a very trusted source has quoted this. And it's none other than our good friends over at Wikipedia. They said, in music... A breakdown is part of a song in which various instruments have solo parts. This may take the form where all instruments play the verse together and then several or all instruments individually repeat the verse as solo parts. I have no idea what that means, by the way. That is so complicated. I'm not going to give my own definition of it because I feel like it'll be just as bad, if not worse. So back in the day when I first read that, I kind of or no I didn't read that back in the day I read that now but what I googled back when I was trying to figure it out it was ridiculous this is actually like this is sincerely happened this is what I typed in metal music playing same notes together I have even today I have no idea what that what that would possibly mean like I just like barely get that so there's no way if I searched that up, it would actually give me what I wanted. But anyways, I thought that's what I wanted, and I searched it. And obviously, I got to a video that made zero sense. But I clicked it anyways. And when I clicked it, it was a black screen that had like a skull on it, and then it cascaded away. And then it showed like, I believe it was seven, seven Korean girls standing on a stage, just standing there doing nothing. And I was like, okay, I have zero idea what's going to happen, but let me just see what happens, right? Like 30 seconds into the video, they quickly pick up violins and then start jamming out to Crazy Train on the violin. I was like, what the hell is going on? This is not a breakdown. Why, why has this been in front of me? Why am I watching this? Anyways, the video was pretty lit. I'm not going to lie. I'm sure they're great people these Korean girls, but I have, that was not what I wanted. So I just thought that was funny how I stumbled across that. But that's my fault for giving such a terrible explanation as to what I think Metalcore was. With that being said, with, like, so at this point, I still didn't know what a breakdown was, right? I knew what clean vocals were, though. So just to give you a quick background, there's screaming, which is self-explanatory, and clean vocals. Clean vocals is just normal singing, is what you would hear. It's just normal singing. We call it clean vocals just to kind of dictate the difference between screaming and regular singing. You don't really want to say regular singing. Clean vocals is kind of just a easier way or just a better sounding way to, to differentiate the two. So I typed in clean vocals, saw a compilation of some you know top 10 best clean vocalists in the scene. And this is the the last piece to the puzzle of how I got into metalcore. 
it showed 10 singers. If I watched that today, I'd probably know every single singer and know everything about them. At the time, I knew zero about all these singers. I was just listening just to listen. I stumbled across a singer. I only remember one of the guys, and it was out of 10. This is the only one I remember. His name is Matty Mullins. If you don't know Matty Mullins, he is the frontman and vocalist of Memphis May Fire. Memphis May Fire, to date, is still my favorite band. I know, regardless of the record they just put out, and the slide I hold prior to that, probably not the best work, but it's okay. I'm, I'm still confident they will, they will come back and redeem themselves. I, I, the song I googled first when I found Memphis May Fire was called The Sinner. And it's the first song off The Hollow, which came out in 2011. Like I said, I really wish I could give you examples. This song is so dope. I, I can't put into words how much I like this song. The clean vocals are dynamic, they're engaging, and they follow the vocal pattern I really like. And this is from, you know, metalcore itself. This is the core of <laughs> the core of metalcore. This is the basic of vocal structure of your everyday metal metalcore songs. The verses are screamed, the choruses are singing cleaned, and the bridge implements a bit both. Obviously, you can argue that, you know, you can have maybe one verse and multiple choruses, or you can have screaming and cleans together in the verse. That's fine, and I've heard it, so it, that's fine. But the main basis or the main structure, that's how it kind of goes down. And I like that a lot, because, you know, it keeps the verse going, it keeps that... that um, that raw punch in the verse, but the chorus can, you know, kind of blossoms into something memorable. And the bridge itself gives you a bit of both. So that's what I really like. That pattern. And everyone still does it. They have variations of it, but they still do it. The reason Memphis is really special to me is at the time when I first started listening to them, they were able to relate songs to me in my life. So in high school, I really liked this girl. Just like every dude liked the girl whatever you heard some songs that made you feel good about yourself great for me it was memphis mayfire the abandoned was one of those songs the abandoned is about maddie's father who he had so there maddie and his father have a great relationship that's fine but he saw his friends around him who didn't have fathers and their struggle all that stuff the reason I still gravitate towards the abandoned so much is because it's about love it doesn't matter about the specifics of it it's about love. So whether it's about, you know, your best friend or your girlfriend, ex-girlfriend, whatever the case may be, it's still the fundamental picture is still the same. The Deceived, also another banger. It's funny. This song actually, Memphis may fire all their songs about overcoming hope. And there's actually no profanity in any of their music. No matter how hard you search, you'll never find any profanity in it. The Deceived is about Kellen McGregor, their guitarist, getting catfished. Kellen McGregor is extremely handsome. I wish I handsome. I wish I looked like him. He's a he's a really sick guy. He writes all the instrumentation for Memphis. It gets tweaked here and there, but the other members. But he primarily is the guy responsible for that, and he's the founder of Memphis. He is the guy. The Deceived is about Kellen getting catfished on tour which I find hilarious because I got catfished, but I got catfished from Tinder 
And in the process, I didn't end up making a banger of a song. I ended up getting blocked from Tinder and eventually expelled. So, you know, it probably didn't work out in my favor, but that's fine. That's fine. Memphis also has, you know, some deeper songs as well. You know, Legacy, Not Over Yet. Like I mentioned previously, it's, they're all about overcoming, you know, the struggles. And it's about defying the, the troubles with adversity when all the odds are against you. I have a stanza from The Hook of Not Over Yet. I think it's really cool. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to like say it right now. But when you hear it in the song, it's a lot more powerful. So this is the chorus for Not Over Yet. When they try to tell you that your one and only shot failed, it's not over yet. Keep pushing forward, and I know one day you'll prevail. To me, that's like, that's brilliant. When you hear that getting pushed behind drums and guitars and some heavy vocals, that goes distance. Me saying it goes nowhere. But if you hear the song, it's called Not Over Yet by Memphis Mayfire. You should definitely listen to that. The Rose, Prove Me Right. Again, by Memphis. No one believing in the band. Simple as that. No ordinary love. The answer. This relationship between human and God. A lot of people say so memphis makes a lot of references to god and everyone's like oh they're christian core christian metalcore they're not real music maddie their frontman as i mentioned previously he said that's all crap he said look yes we make references to god yes we have our own beliefs but at the end of the day it's about the bigger picture and it's about making our music as relatable as possible. Maddie does something really smart with his music. I don't know if other singers do this, but I'm sure they do, but this, he's the only one that I found out who does this. When Maddie writes his songs, he'll write them very specifically to himself. And then once a song is formed, he'll then make it more generic and make it more approachable from the average listener. So if it's something about a specific girl at this time, this place, he'll take out the place, he'll take out the time, but you leave it about the girl. Or if not, he'll leave it about someone, someone as a person. You know what I mean? It's a lot easier to relate to a general concept than something extremely specific. And I think that's brilliant. And it's worked thus far for me. And it's worked very well. I don't know about everyone else. So that's kind of how I got into metalcore. Unfortunately, I will be making more podcasts. <laughs> I, uh, I, have, I have some ideas that I want to do have some other people in this. I'm not really looking to do this, to be like some next public person. And I'm probably not even going to get there, but it's just something I really wanted to do. Uh, I'm glad I'm doing it. I'm using the Franz method, the ideology of life, do whatever makes you happy. And I think I'm doing that. So I'm, I'm content with what's going on. So like I said, going to have some, Metal friends join me, have some debates. We're going to talk about other genres as well. Like I said, primarily metalcore. I appreciate you sticking around. If you like low-resolution drum cover... If you like low-resolution drum covers, you can follow me on IG. I do, you know, pop, metal, random stuff.